Today's podcast is sponsored by PUBG Mobile. This month, PUBG Mobile is celebrating its third anniversary with exciting special events and offers. Join the third anniversary celebration of PUBG Mobile and be the last one standing with your exclusive PUBG Mobile Cup today. For a limited time, collect your exclusive PUBG Mobile Cup from your local Carl's Jr. or Hardee's when you purchase a large drink. Offer available while supplies last. Download PUBG Mobile today from the App Store or Google Play Store and play for free. See you on the battlefield. Spawn on me is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Yo, what up, everybody here in podcast land, everybody here in Twitch land. What the deal be? I hope you're all doing well. I'm your boy, Khalif Adams. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. I hope that you are having a fantastic, fantastic day rocking with you right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. We have a fantastic show coming to you tonight. But if you missed our last episode with the fam, Christian Spicer, talking all about his Kickstarter uh, consequences, then you missed a banger of a show. We had a fantastic episode where we had lots of conversations around all the stuff that he's been working on. Um, you know, talking about, you know, the space as a content creator, making sure that we're talking about the ways that we can grow in the space and making sure that, you know, we're evolving in the way that we do everything, uh, going forward. Massive love to everybody right now. In the Twitch chat, shout out to Juice Man Jones, shout out to Soccer Nine. I see you both. I see you all doing your thing. Massive love to our sponsor, to our sponsor for the show for this week, the folks over at PUBG Mobile. So if you hit exclamation point PUBG M in the chat, you'll be able to get a link to their newest game, uh, which is super fantastic that we'll be checking out here on the show very, very soon. And we'll be talking a little bit more uh, moving forward, but excited to be able to check out what they're doing and uh, really hyped for them to be back rocking with us and, and sponsoring the show. It's, it's always fun to be able to have good folks who understand the the squad, understand the show, understand what we do here and, and want to rock with us in big ways. So shout out again to our friends over at PUBG Mobile. Massive love to them for sponsoring the show this week. But this is what tonight is about. Tonight is all about reconvening. Tonight is all is about bringing in fam back to Bracago, making sure that we are giving the most love to all of our fam who are from the BX. It's a BX special. It's a BX show. We're going to be talking to our wonderful friend, head of DNI over at Niantic Labs, Coming to the show for the first time ever, making a Bracago debut. It is Trinidad Hermita. What the deal be, Trinidad? I hope you are doing well. What's good? How are you? What's poppin'? Can you see me? I can see you. You are here. You are in full effect. Everyone at home can see you as well because we are now live. We live on Twitch, getting it in, making it happen. How are you doing? I'm famous. I'm on Spot on Me podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh what is this nonsense coming in here talking about i'm famous you're already famous listen listen linda linda I've been for you to, i've been linda linda but i've been waiting for you to invite me onto this podcast for like a year now <laughs> it's, true. it's true so here so here's the here's the thing so for the folks at home who might not have seen 
you know, me and Trini just rocket on the Black and Gaming uh, award show a little bit earlier last year. It was probably towards the middle of the year where we where we hosted that and and killed it. We did the best job of any hosting job that you could do when it comes oh, cool. to two of the most amazing Bronx sites repping black and gaming to the fullest. And Trini was like, yo, so when you going to have me on the show? And I was like, yo, I'm going to try to get you on the show soon. And then I messed up and didn't get you on the show until now. So you have all right to talk all the shit that you want. <laughs> Cause I, Yo, cause I didn't get it right. <laughs> everybody in the chat needs to flame Khalif. Everybody oh in the God. chat needs to flame Khalif. That if y'all do that, I'm banning you. I'm banning. No, I ban you out the no. channel. Don't flame me in don't, my own, don't my do, own show. Don't do that. If you do that, he'll give he'll give you a free <laughs> month of subscription. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get you'll get one month of Xbox Xbox Live or Xbox there Game you Pass. Go. <laughs> Anybody who flames me, I have. I, it's funny because I still have some of that stuff on there somewhere. Uh, I also see some dope folks in the chat. KPCJ, I see you, Boogie Boogie Sapien. I see Phoenix four four three saying, "Hey, hey, my sister's on the show." Oh, word! I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Trini, I'm I'm excited. Again, thank you so much for being here. I I, I love the work that you do in the space. It's always fun when we get a chance to be around each other because you bring such good energy to everything that you do, but I want to give the folks at home who might not know about you and the work that you have been doing in this space about, you know, what, what is your origin story? How did you become the Trinidad Hermita that we know and love today? Mm, how did I become the Trinidad Hermita? I was born. Okay. <laughs> I was born in Nueva York. Yes to uh, my mom, who I love so much. Mommy, if you hear this, I'm famous now. Um, my father, uh, in the South Bronx, they met. It's like a Bronx tale, no, <laughs> a Bronx love story. Um, my mother's from Colombia. My father's from Puerto Rico. I'm an Afro-Latina. You can just call me Black Goddess. Um, yeah. I love Jesus and I love pizza. Um, so, <clears throat> so real talk, like I, I had a really tough childhood. So mm. what that means is that I was involved in a lot of tomfoolery. And um, so being that I, I uh, graduated uh, at 16 and I went straight to like community college because nobody knew where to put me. <laughs> I just, I, I filled up my time with just whatever, whatever you can think of. And um, I just decided at one point that I wanted to change the world, real talk. And so at that point, I went to uh, to a Bible college in Oakland, California. <laughs> huh. And um, actually, no, I went overseas first. So I was living overseas. I did um, Youth with a Mission, which is a nonprofit organization, um, did that for a couple years, and then came back to the Bay Area and went to college in Oakland. And 
there I, I I found my passion, which is urban urban cities and urban communities. And so really focused my learning on that. And then I went to get my master's in theology from in Boston. And in Boston, I learned about all these dope people that went to all these dope expensive schools. And I realized I'm just as smart as them. They're like kind of dumb. And so then, <laughs> so then I realized like, yo, why am I dumbing myself down? Why am I not understanding that like I have a genius inside of me and from that point on I realized I wanted to empower people to see the genius inside of them and know that there's a space in any industry that they want to be in and so um, I navigated here and there and eventually ended up at Niantic but that navigation went through um, I was at a hospital mass general Bethesda Deaconess and I was at a guarantor then I was at um, EMC squared and then I worked at Dell and um, and then you know I sort of landed in this game space which is kind of a blessing like y'all are dope y'all keep going I think we lost you for a second can you still hear me you should be able to hear me you can jump out of the call and then jump back into the call if you can if you can hear me. We'll do it that way. Little technical difficulties that happens when the show goes like that. It's okay. I'm back. Yay, Cheney's back. Okay, so um, I'm just gonna stop there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, uh, well, let's 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 dig into that a little bit. Um, I think the the interesting parts about all of that is that you know there's a really interesting conversation that happens around the game space where they, a lot of folks kind of believe that there's this kind of very singular route to getting into the game industry and, and you sharing your story there shows exactly that that is the opposite, right? Where you've moved around into many different places and in so many different avenues. Um, when you found yourself kind of like leaning into the gaming parts of this work, what was the first thing that you kind of thought you were like, well, you know, were you, were you already playing games? Was it a thing where you already had an affinity kind of for it? Or, or was it, you know, when you, when you wind up kind of in the space that that was the kind of the thing that then became a part of what you wind up doing? Listen, listen, I realized I've been a gamer my whole life. Mm. Hear me out. For all of those console enthusiasts, I need to remind you that like mobile gaming is gaming, board games is gaming, tabletop simulator is gaming, Steam is gaming, computer like so like I've always been a fan of spades. <laughs> <laughs> oh see. Um see that's what gets you people wanna, in the fights. If you want to be invited to my cookout, uh you need to understand that. But um but I also, I grew up playing games on Nintendo and and one thing I, I wanna say loud and clear is there needs to be a massive reformation and education of our parents and the generation to let them know that this is a, a viable career. Mm. And uh, when I grew up, I love my parents very much. They wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a preacher, an engineer. Like, and I mm. had those choices and that's all they really supported. 
Interesting. And so, so I'm an ordained minister. So I did meet that goal uh, as far as being a preacher, but um, in this space, I, I I meet parents all the time, and they're like, you know, gaming is really bad for mental health and all these different things. And I'm like, but you're 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 looking at this from the scope of who you are. Mm. You're looking at this from your perspective, and there's so many perspectives. And I'm an ENFP. Uh, that means I'm an extroverted person. Um, and my mother is an introvert, right? So mm. engineering was very, and I'm not saying all engineers are introverts, please hear me. Um, but engineering was a good, a good like direction for her. Yeah. And to be able to see her thrive in that space, but it wasn't my space. And fun fact, how I came full circle and when I started working at EMC, which is a big, they used to be a big data company that got acquired by Dell. I almost felt like it was a full circle moment. Like I was like, yay, parents, I'm in tech. Look at me. I made it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love that. And and again, I think it, it really speaks to what I think is really needed and necessary in the gaming space, right? Where, and even, even throughout kind of most, you know, most career paths, there's this want for folks to be very singularly focused and being very like one track minded in the fact of like, well, you're going to be a lawyer and that's all you're going to wind up being. Or, you know, when people look at your resume and they're like, so you bounced around a lot, that looks like a bad thing. And it feels like, you know, for me, the conversation has always been, well, what do I bring to the table and what experiences do I bring that make me a better fit for this particular position that we wind up seeing ourselves in? When you think back at the you know, the kind of, you know, breadth and depth of the stuff that you've done so far. I am sure that that has made your job at Niantic and being now the head of, of diversity and inclusion over there, you know, you bring something very special to the table because you have those other experiences, right? Listen, I've had to navigate corporate America. I've had to navigate um, chiefs of medical departments. I've had to navigate so many different spaces that I've really had to just learn how to study people. Mm. And I'm pretty good at studying people. Yeah. They tell you, (laughs) all you do is listen. If you listen to people, they'll tell on themselves all the time. Not me. I don't ever tell on myself. Listen, listen. I'll listen. You tell on myself. I, I, every everything that I need everything I need to say is 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 in this one is in this one thing right here, which is wash your hands and wash your butt. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do to live this life in in a reasonable way. Just make sure you wash your hands and wash your butt. Uh, but I think I think you're right, I, and and I appreciate that perspective of saying you know a lot of people will tell you exactly what they need from you you know, what they're thinking, if they're hurting, if you're paying attention to those kinds of things. I'm curious to hear you share, you know, more about, you know, what that means for a job like yours, where, you know, I think empathy is a huge part of working in the DNI space and, and being able to both couple, you know, the work as 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 a minister as well where you're having to bring ministry to people while also understanding to a certain extent that humans are faulty 
humans have a lot of things that they're working through. Humans have a lot of stuff that they're trying to figure out and getting to the root of what those possible you know, issues may be takes a lot of learning from, from you in that space. I'd love to hear your thoughts about kind of how you navigate, you know, the DNI space, which kind of revolves around for me, the balance of figuring out how to move people's minds in a different way, if that makes sense, right? Like you're, you're, you're trying to figure out ways in, in DNI to get people to coalesce around an idea or getting folks to kind of see things in a way that they hadn't seen before. When you think about how you described diversity and inclusion to other people, how do you kind of bring that to folks in, you know, through the prisms that you've, you've had through your life experiences? So fun fact is last summer for GDC, Mm. I did a talk and it was called, I don't know what it was called, how to disrupt the game industry for good, something like that. Mm. And what I did was focus on the head hand heart method. And what I'm, what I mean by that method is that a lot of people are stuck up here. We can throw a rock at the internet and find hella articles, data, written papers, um, doctoral papers on why diversity, equity, and inclusion is a business imperative and it should be at the bottom line, at the core of your business. Mm-hmm. But it's stuck up here. Huh. And the journey to real impact and change comes from getting it from your head mm-hmm. to your heart which means people, places, things, connecting, having having real interactions, tough conversations, talking about the elephant in the room, um, altercations, all the good, the bad, and the ugly. That That's the journey from the head to the heart where you're taking that knowledge and you're actually starting to test it and see if it's true. Hmm. Then I add the hand, which it's a longer journey, but actually action. So we can all have feelings. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And I just want to um, shout out to my Asian and Pacific Islander mm. friends and family. Um, hate is not okay, mm. period. And um, so thinking about that, it's like, okay, I can see it. I could see what's happening. I could see it on TV. Now the next step is, dang, this hits home. What am I going to do about it? Mm. So getting to that, that head, heart, hand of, of movement, um, most, uh, most people are, it's like, hey, not my problem, out of sight, out of mind. It's not my lived experience. Dismissive. It's easy to be like that. Mm. And I'm challenging people to take that, that 12-inch, 13-inch, I don't know how long-inch journey, right? And yeah. it's so funny because... Fun fact, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but that mentality, like that modality that I have came from the church. (laughs) Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) And it came from the church because a lot of people know about God or, you know, it's this like theological book, you know, and it's, you don't really experience God until there's a heart surgery. I. I rock with that. And it was, it was interesting because I had my own personal journey in, in the religious space some years ago when like probably in the first couple of years when I met my wife, 
she was very much into the church. She was raised a Southern Baptist. We met and I was an atheist at the time. And the conversations were very, very direct in terms of, cause we were older too. We weren't like super young bucks in our early twenties trying to front for each other be like, so how would you think about God? Yo, I don't know what you think about the Lord. It wasn't like that conversation. I was like deeply ensconced into my, into my position of being like, well, I don't believe. And she was fully on the opposite side of the fence of like, I absolutely believe. And there's no other way to, 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 to move me on that. And one of the stipulations of us getting together initially was she was like, yo, if we're going to date, you have to go with me to church. And I was like, what? I was like, you bugging. Like, why, what I got to go to church for? What's that have to do with me? I ain't got nothing to do with me. That's nothing there. Interestingly enough, fast forward a little bit. We want, I wound up going to services every week with her. Um, and you know, we stayed in that church for a long period of time. It was, it was called graffiti church down in, in lower in lower in the lower East side of Manhattan. Um, oh, I think I've heard of it. Keep going. So it was interesting. So we, you know, I was, I was in the church every week. I was going there. I was playing drums in the church. I'd never played drums before. Uh, it was wild. And we wind up kind of leaving the church and we wind up, you know, I was, I got baptized and it was, it was, it was super wild for, for a couple of years. And I wind up moving back to the, to my original position after some years and she wound up moving away from the church. But I think that the interesting part about all of that experience was it talks back to your conversation about the head and the heart. And I was, a, I was very much a, like a mean atheist, if that makes sense, where my atheism would impose itself on other people's belief systems in a way that was very negative and was very uh, judgmental and was very, um, you know, it, it removed the ability for people to kind of maneuver in their own spaces and in their own lives and feel good about that around me. And I found kind of moving towards that head and heart part where having that empathy and understanding that they even know that journey may not be the journey for me, that it drives so many people in good spaces and good ways to do the work that they want to do and be a foundation for the work that they want to do. So it's dope to hear you talk about that from a DNI perspective because you're coming to it with that grace and you're coming to it with that understanding of like, my foundation is giving me a good space to do the work that I want to do. And it translates in that way, in a, in a, in a, in a good way for you. So I love hearing you say that. Cause I think that that's a, that's an important and cool thing to remember, right? Is like, there are so many ways to get to doing the work. Um, and I, and I appreciate you sharing that. Do you feel like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to come from a beginning standpoint of saying, Hey, this thing that we're doing for me has that foundation when you're talking to other people. Cause sometimes that throws people off, especially in tech spaces, but do oh, you feel totally. like, yeah, but do you, how, how have you navigated that part? Cause I think that that part is really interesting too. The way I navigate is the whole preface of what I'm trying to accomplish in tech spaces. What I'm trying to accomplish at Niantic is a place where we all come be invited to the campfire mm. and enjoy it. Yeah. Like it's one thing to get invited to the campfire and they're only playing country. I like country music, so that's not going to bother me. But yeah. like if someone's like a death metal or 
um, an R&B soul or, you know, like the campfire has to have all the different things that are going to bless all of us. You know, so my thing is I'm not coming in to condemn or to point the finger at anybody. I'm just trying to educate and uplift and provide space that we can all be authentically ourselves and bring our genius because we talk about being innovative and being cutting edge and being ready for what's to come. Well, it starts with us. And so that means stretching me. Like if, like there are, atheists that work at Niantic at Niantic and we're not debating each other like that's just not like this is not the forum this is not where it's at but like we can be friends and we can or we can be colleagues we can we can have respect we can work together we can encourage each other we can have each other's back yeah I agree and I think that there are spaces to even move move even further past that kind of like first initial space where i th- i think in in and tell me if you agree that like the work of dni knowing that there is no final destination to it mm-hmm. we're all working through growth and working through empathy and working through and to a space where if you're really trying to figure out how to do good dni work you're always trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes even if you don't fully identify with those with those shoes um, I, I'm curious to hear, you know, what that looks like in the Niantic kind of, kind of overarching theory. Cause it's like, you know, Niantic is, is a huge company where Pokemon Go has become a big phenomenon. It has been something that has taken over the space in lots of different ways, especially in the mobile space for, for, for that kind of work. When you're having the conversations about like, what do we want DNI to look like from a Niantic standpoint? And how do we kind of bridge out and, and build good, you know, end roads for not only our player base, but for our employee base? What's that kind of conversation sound like from from the Niantic perspective? Well, first, it starts with our values. Mm. And so having having some solid values, a foundation that leadership believes and commits to and that the whole company can also lead lead commit to and strive for are huge another thing is letting people have a voice Mm. right and and making sure that that voice is tapped into so that we can know what the pulse is of where we're at in the company and what's working what's not working uh other things are empowering with education and learning and development and and also thinking about our life cycle of an employee like from the day you apply online to the day you leave the company if you ever leave right mm-hmm. so so there's a lot of different aspects dni is not just about hiring and firing dni is not just about um external sponsorships dni is about the policies and Mm. looking at the systemic cracks that are within the system and guess what that's not shiny it's not cute it's not something that we can plaster and it's not something that we can talk about all the time because Mm. uh i don't believe that we can boil the ocean and and or reverse 400 years of systemic racism overnight but how do you eat an elephant one piece at a time the barbecue sauce. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I I think that the you know, 
you've been doing this work for for a while now and me as a not a newbie to the space but a newbie to the corporate version of it not not i wouldn't say newbie but one of the things that i always find the most difficult uh when doing the work that i'm trying to do and get and to get things accomplished is there seems to be this want from a corporate space to always want to tie you know kpis to diversity or you know trying to figure out ways to measure diversity in this anal in, in this very like analytical way when you know we talked about this this is a head and heart thing right where we're trying to change minds here how how do you work through those parts which i think is an interesting problem to have as a person in the dni space where you're trying to figure out how do we know if we're getting it right or how do we know if we're moving the needle what's what's your thoughts about like how that kind of works for you in terms of you know the day-to-day stuff but I'm, I'm i'm more curious to hear about how that works in your mind around the philosophy of how you think you know something is changing or things are moving in a positive direction so I, I liked how you, how do you know you're doing it right? How do you know you're moving the needle? First yeah. off, what is that needle? Um, so we need to know what the needle is, right? So there you go. There's where, why data is important. Like, mm. I, I think that we, I, I don't mind data. I think data is imperative for us being able to show return on investment to because sh- because companies are pouring in millions of dollars into this mm. so how are we going to show but I, I do think that there's other ways to think about our return on investment mm. and i think one of the ways to show our return on investment is by the happiness and engagement of your employees mm. you know and you should be able to tell that through a annual questionnaire survey um or biannual i think the more you survey the more you know Oh, this quarter it dropped tremendously, and then look at the past quarter and be able to be like, "Wow, you know, we had some external sh- sh- stuff going on <laughs> in the world, right? We had we had lost some senior leaders. We like you know, you can go through and see how your data matches to people. And, mm. and the thing is, the the fun fact about diversity, equity, and inclusion is that I'm dealing with one of the most fickle things on the planet people mm. y'all are hilarious one month you're happy <laughs> one month you're sad you know in one month you want education the next month you want some <laughs> some work from home money you know it's always something yeah so taking that taking who's available open and ready and making sure that you catch that catch them get them excited you know and and keep the momentum you can you can impact real change but i will say you can't do the same thing we were doing 10 years ago and expect it to work Mm. like what is that the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing and expect different results like we've been doing unconscious bias training for over 10 years right period Mm. we've been doing generational diversity training um i think race and allyship training is a new thing and something that we're focused on right now um i think also education around like just understanding the people who you work with like Mm. it's it's something to hear a manager say uh 
I want to learn how to best manage you. I want you to be more successful than me. I see you as being greater than I am. Mm. Those are things that like lock people in mm. and then you can create a plan and you can and you can see if it's working or if it's not. And and then also, I think it would be dope if some of these companies, because we're all poaching each other's talent, if we if like, <laughs> I mean, little, right now, little known could, fact, y'all. <laughs> little no fact like if there was a way to be a little bit more intentional about it like mm. hey i really want to develop this senior director but we have no vp positions you know what let me holla at my friends that work at said company over there and let them know that you and not you're not losing your job you're you know what i mean like your manager is literally saying i see where you're going and i don't have the place for you to go but i'm gonna see if i can get you there Hmm. Yeah, I I will fully say that that has happened with me at Intel, which has been actually really helpful. I was in a position that wasn't really feeding me in a way that felt good and had managers say that to me directly, which was which was great. Um, I, I want to dig back a little bit to something that you shared, which I which I loved was the conversation around we're still doing the same kinds of stuff when it comes to DNI, we're still kind of using the same playbook in, in, in ways that don't necessarily feel like they are, you know, they're actually kind of doing what they're intended to do. How much of that do you feel? Is that a, a problem of the way that things are being taught or is it more that you're finding that people are kind of more ensconced in their position? Do you feel like it's a little bit of both or do you feel like it's, you know, new tools make, make the, the job a little bit easier to kind of manage? I'm not sure if I got the last part, but let me see if I can attempt to answer your question. I can rephrase it if, if you want to. It's, it's kind of like, we're, we're still doing the old, we're still using the old playbook to kind of figure out how we want to maneuver DNI forward, right? But it's. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me, okay. Before yeah. I lose my thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go. Um, I think there's a new generation mm. that is not okay with going to companies without knowing the strategy that they have around diversity, equity, inclusion, and making it a better place. Huh. I think this generation is very direct. Will ask the questions in interviews. Will be authentically themselves, and when they get in the door, hold people accountable. Hmm. I think the old guard is realizing that we're in a space where if they are not willing to be the mentors, the advocates, the leaders of the hmm. next generation, the next generation is going to do whatever they want to do. <laughs> Start their own stuff. I, yeah, it feels like that. I I, I guess the because i'm trying to figure it out too right like we're all trying to figure out like what does better look like what does a more you know engaged you know workforce look like in that respect what does a more kind and gentle and empathetic you know workforce look like in that way from a corporation standpoint all the way down that filters down throughout its employees one of the things that i've been and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this has been I feel like there's a culture gap too. That's not just about the way we're teaching DNI to folks, the way that we're kind of like giving people good guidance on what DNI is. 
but it's always felt like there was a thing that never really gets to the crux of how different people work across lines in the way of saying, you know, I, I say this on the show often enough that like, I think black culture very much so is a cosine culture, right? Where yeah. Trini brings me to a party and the question that will usually happen, and, I, and let me back up a step. It's like white parties versus black parties, right? You go to a white party, people ask you, so what do you do? You go to a black party, somebody says, who, do, who brought you, right? Different question, totally different question, right? Very and different. knowing that when people come to you and bring you into that conversation, knowing that those two things are different from a DNI perspective is a culture part of that, you know, m moving together. But it feels like there's a blanket version of DNI that gets taught that doesn't take into account the differences culturally that we wind up having. Do you feel like that's a part of the equation too, where it feels like the curriculum doesn't take into account the way actual people do stuff or the way that they've been raised or the way that they've been uh, kind of brought to the party in that respect? Listen, I think all of it matters. Mm. I think all of it matters. And I think um, it's, it's very difficult to put tech, startup culture, game industry, you, you name it in a box mm. and, and, and say that there's any cookie cutter way to make it equitable mm. or to make it a place where everybody feels like they can belong. And I do believe it's, it's easier to address and create in the beginning mm. with a plan with the founders. Like when you're under 50 people start there, mm. you know, start talking about it there because let's be real. If I were to start my own business, I'm gonna have all my homies like, and I, and all my homies are dope. Y'all know who you are. Wink, wink. You know, like <laughs> y'all are, are doctors, lawyers, teachers, preachers, <laughs> game devs, producers, you know, own businesses, all of that. And like, and, but I'm just blessed that my friend group is very balanced. Mm. So think about the founders who are not surrounded like pe by people like you and me, mm. you know, and so I'm not giving them an excuse, but I do want to call out like, hey, all y'all indie game devs out there who are starting your own stuff. Think about your team early on. Like I'm talking about like your core team, mm. because promise you people are going to be attracted to environments where they see leadership that represents them. Mm. Facts. Facts. I love that. Is in the work that you're doing at Niantic with the kind of user base that you have, the internal stuff is, is, is easy to see in terms of the work you're doing there and, and kind of pushing that narrative forward and, and making sure that people internally are, are, are seeing that work is there a version of the dni work that winds up going into the actual community in that way too totally uh part of our dni pillars is community and partnerships and so for example having a partnership with black and gaming and do and 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 
sponsoring the Black and Game Awards, working with gay gaming professionals and sponsoring scholarships, working with game heads and out in Oakland and and sponsoring scholarships and and mentoring and and being present. Uh, also, our Treehouse Apprenticeship Program that we did last year focused on San Francisco and Seattle and and people who had unconventional backgrounds who wanted to get into UX and um, UX and QA. Mm. So and so I like those are game devs of color expo. I mean, mm. Khalif, I can go down the list. Latinx and gaming, Latinx and gaming festival, uh, Afrotech, uh, California Conference for Women. Like there, these are things that are happening in our backyard where they're not only impacting our employee base, base inside, but we're also paving away and creating access for people who are interested in learning about these careers externally. Yeah. I love hearing that because I think that the, the, you know, most people, when they think about Pokemon Go, they're like, it's the game where you get to walk outside and go run around and look for animals and stuff, which is true. But it, but I don't think a lot of people give a lot of space or thought a lot to the folks who are behind that work and, and making the game fantastic in the, in the communities that you're building up and, and doing that work. It, it makes me really happy to know that both of those things are happening and happening in tandem where you're making a fantastic game and have made a fantastic game that's bringing people together in lots of different ways but also the the squad from niantic is like really putting their money where their mouth is and and supporting events like big and like gdoc and and all those kinds of other things in that space ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. i didn't mention the black developer initiative that just we just had our close um close of the cohort too but there's I mean, we're going to have another cohort after cohort too. So it's like, but there's Black Developer Initiative. We were able to donate five over $5 million to nonprofits all over the United States that support and, and build up the Black community. Like there's, there's so much and it's, it just shows it's, we, we hope to be an example to other game companies and, and people in this space that. Where there's a will, there's a way. There's so much that you can do to empower and help the community. And I think that other companies are doing that as well. I just think that there needs to be a healthy balance of focusing internally and focusing externally. Like, um, it can't be a, an uneven scale because real talk, our people are our prize, our joy. Mm. Yeah, it's and it's the greatest asset that a company can have is you have really smart employees who get it right because then they can help evangelize right. that yeah. out externally too right um we're, time is flying but i, I want to ask you you know what's the what's the future look like for the way you hope dni work to look what, what's the way you kind of want that to be you know the stamp that you put on the work that you do not only in niantic but in the, in the future of the industry that you're that you're in Ooh, in a perfect world, we'll start doing the hard work, mm. calling out the elephant in the room and having some tough conversations. Listen, we just were able to ha host a talk with Dr. Russell Jung, and um, he was talking about stopping AAPI hate. Mm. One thing I loved about his presentation is that he brought us into the journey and gave us the history, gave us the background. Like it wasn't just like, oh, don't just attend this 
program so that you feel better that you've done something, you know, you've checked your monthly um, cultural conversation. This was this was really like focused on the attacks that have happened and putting you in that space, the deaths that have happened and saying their name and having a moment of silence, going through the history, going through the present and how it's affecting our everyday lives. Like that, it's uncomfortable, Mm. but, but it hits home, it hits in the heart. And it's something that you literally walk away with like, wow, I feel a little bit closer. Now I understand a little bit more and what can I do to help? Um, That's that journey, right? Where you're going from here to to your heart to then, oh, now I want to know what I can do. Mm. And a lot of times if we're not building DEI and and, and looking at the systemic cracks that have been in our systems well before we were even born, they're ingrained. Like even how we report EEOC data to the government is faulty. Hmm. So, and that, so if they're ingrained in the system, we still have to manage these systems to be compliant to the government. But then we have to think of how do we still be innovative and do some other things that are going to help us track better and empower better and give access better and make better informed decisions, you know? So uh, I truly believe that there's a lot of the cracks and paying attention to those cracks and starting to be okay with the cracks the being dug up and analyzed and looked at the root and say, is this root imperative and beneficial to my employees and the mm. people who play my games? That man, y'all are getting some awesome oh, gems tonight, Bricago. Y'all getting the goods, the goods. This is why I love Trini, because Trini always comes through with the goods. It, it Again, it feels like you know, the, and I know you take a, a lot of pride in the work that you do. And it, and one of the things when we first met, I was like, yo, Trini wild, but Trini's amazing because it takes people who really care about not only the, the state of the space, but cares intimately about the people who are in that space and, and how those folks maneuver and how those folks you know, come to understanding what is necessary of, 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 of doing that work, work in a good way. So, you know, I know we're running out of time, but I, I want to, you know, we never have earnest moments because we always be laughing at each other, but I love the work that you do in this space, Trini. I, I appreciate you in a way because you have always really dug to the heart of what this means. And you've always tried to figure out ways to bring not only good vibes to the conversation in a way that is welcoming, in a way that is making people understand that they have worth and that the things that they are going through are, are, they're not alone in those things. But I feel like, you know, you talked about it in the beginning of, of, of our conversation about you bringing so many different experiences to the table. And that's beautiful. I, I I love that. And that, that means a lot to me to see that you are in a space where you are doing that work and we get to see you blossom into this position and see you get to blossom in this industry and, and, and take it over with your grace and, 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 and with your, your, with the way that you kind of maneuver here. So I, I, I know we got, yeah, that's not true. That's not true at all. I, I, I'm not graceful at all. Oh, whatever. 
You just don't know how to take a compliment. That's what it is. <laughs> I, you know what? You're you know what? You're you're right. I'll take that. I'll take that comp cash at me, ho. No, I know I know you. I know you enough cash to notice you me, without ho. trying to give you a compliment. You'd be like, yo, shut up. And <laughs> But seriously, I, 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 before we let you go again, thank you so much for, for being here tonight. I want to, we have to have you back because there's so many things we didn't get a chance to talk about tonight. Um, but I, but I think again, for the folks at home who are listening to this, go follow Trini. Trini is doing so much good work in this space. She is, you know, we're having clubhouse chats with, with the black and gaming group. We're going to be doing, hopefully, hopefully they'll have us back to, you know, host the black and gaming awards again this year. Uh, but when I think of rising stars in this industry, Trini is one of those people because she is consistently and constantly adding so much value to everything that she does. Um, so Trini, I, I ain't going to blow more smoke up your butt, but thank you so much for being here and for, for, for always, you know, bringing and dropping gems for everybody here in Bricago. So hopefully I'll have you back real soon so we can talk more about this. Bricago, oh, <laughs> let the folks know where they can find you uh, on the internet. If you did want to get out, get up with you and, and say what's up on the Twitters and all the other good stuff. So, um, okay, okay, <laughs> my Twitter and IG is this is Trini. This is Trini T R I N I, and um, I'm also it's this is Trini everywhere except for on Twitch. It's Trinidad Hermita, but I'm rarely on Twitch. I'm mostly on Discord and all the other things. But um, real talk, if you're interested in learning more about Niantic Blacking, well, if you're interested in Niantic careers, uh, mm. hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, please go to the website and shoot me a message with the the position you're interested in and um, I can do my best. Uh, also, I would say if you're interested in black and gaming, uh, Latinx and gaming, game devs of color, Latinx Games Festival, gay gaming professionals. I mean, these are all homies. So if you're interested in any of those things, please hit me up because I wanna share the wealth, share the knowledge, because there's some dope humans in this industry. Um, also, the, if you're a game industry professional, there's something called the gig, and mm. um, hit me up if you're interested in that as well. Gig is super fun. Gig is super fun. A lot of folks who who, who rock in the industry, they hang out there and shout out to Guy. Shout out to I Guy. I love you, Guy. Mad love to Guy. Um, yo, Trini is dope. Make sure you're following her on all the wonderful things. If you're up in Clubhouse, uh, roll up into one of our Black and Gaming group uh, chats too. I think it's it's a fantastic place to be able to listen to so many different conversations from so many like amazing industry veterans too, which again, I think is one of the most important parts of this conversation too, is we out here, we've been out here for a long time and we have some folks in that in these especially. streets, in them streets. You're going to make me play the Knicks music in a minute. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a fantastic place to, to, to find as a resource if you're thinking about doing that kind of work as well. So we're going to let Trini go for now. Again, Trini, thank you so much for being here. I'll, I'll bug you later after the show. Uh, and, and, and bug you about all the other things we got to talk about. But for now, uh, everybody in Chicago, everybody listening in Twitchland and in podcast land, we have a quick ad to run from our folks over at PUBG Mobile. 
uh, who are excited to share things about their new game, 100 Rhythms. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Today's podcast is sponsored by PUBG Mobile. This month, PUBG Mobile is celebrating its third anniversary with exciting special events and offers. Join us on March 21 as PUBG Mobile will hold a special live stream third anniversary celebration event featuring some major game announcements and special guests. This third anniversary music festival will kick off a year of amazing new content for PUBG Mobile in 2021. Download PUBG Mobile today from the App Store or Google Play Store and play for free. See you on the battlefield. What up everybody here in podcast land. If you missed the first part of our show, you missed a banger. Trinidad Hermita, head of DNI over at Niantic Labs, came through, dropped bars, dropped gems, dropped all the goodness on all the things, talking about the head, the heart, all those things were like really, really fantastic. I love her. She is brilliant at everything she does. Um, and she is the homie. There are very there are people in this industry who you get really excited when you're like, yo, I get a chance to talk to them. Trinidad is one of those people. Um, and you just, you know, I'm a person who vibes out really easy with folks, especially when you're just like, huh, you're really dope. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, so shout out to Trinidad Hermita again for being uh, a part of the first half of our show. Uh, she is brilliant and make sure you go check out more of the work that she is doing. Um, there isn't a lot this week in terms of news. It's pretty quiet. Uh, on the news front of this week. Uh, but there were a couple of stories that I wanted to get into uh, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, besides the massive Bethesda Xbox movement that happened last week, which we didn't, uh, it sucks. I didn't really get a chance to cover it in the way that I wanted to. Um, and it's a little bit late to dig into it, but they had this fantastic stream that I think was really, really good in the ways that they talked about um, you know, the joining of Bethesda and the Xbox families together, Pete Hines, who did a fantastic job hosting, you know, Aaron Greenberg and, uh, Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond and all those folks, um, you know, having the conversation about what they're trying to do in that space and, and building it out in a bigger and broader way, looking forward to, you know, what the next layer of that relationship is going to be is pretty amazing. I thought it was, you know, really well done in terms of what they are trying to figure out and how to meld people together um, to get that stuff done in a good way. So it, it felt really cool to be able to um, see that be a thing and, and also hear how they were gonna kind of tackle that um, in that way. Um, a couple of things that popped up this week uh, I'm kind of just going through the news of the week uh, because there weren't a lot of stuff to, to dig into. One story that came up is that Xbox Game Pass, which, again, a lot of that conversation has come up in the past, you know, f two weeks about, you know, Game Pass being what Game Pass is. Um, I want to remind people uh, that one of the integral parts of that conversation and of that service is Sarah Bond, who we had on our show uh, last year, November. Um, so go back on our YouTube channel, go look at that interview. I want to give props where props are due. Um, and we got to, you know, we see, I love Aaron, I love Phil, 
and I and I love every all the folks that are doing that work. But it's dope to be know that a black woman is 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 the you know the person who's kind of pushing that thing forward in a, in a big way. So I want that to be on the record uh, for folks to kind of remember that that's a thing. Um, it also looks like Game Pass is going to wind up now getting uh, EA EA Plus. I'm sorry, EA Games uh, uh, into the fold uh, on March 18th. So by the time that this goes up uh, and you're listening to it uh, on Friday, you'll have 60 more games you'll be able to play within uh, EA Game Pass, which is fantastic. So you'll be able to get stuff like Star Wars Squadrons um, and and, and Titanfall 2, A Way Out, Unravel Spore, uh, Jedi Fallen Order and some other games in there, which is pretty great and fantastic. If you've not had a chance to play those, um, you'll be able to do that. It also looks like a game that I have been dying to play and dying to check out. We'll finally get some more info on coming up this week, which is Dying Light 2. Um, it says, you know, the folks over there on a Destructoid uh, article shared... This is a huge and complex project. We needed time to make sure it was gonna live up to our vision. The team said in the video, all of us here are putting our hearts in delivering a game that will keep you playing for months. We'll be ready to start talking about Dying Light very, very soon. Um, It sounds like they're gonna be dropping an update sometime, hopefully this week, or it looks like maybe next week, Wednesday, uh, they're gonna show more stuff about Dying Light uh, Dying Light 2, which I am excited for. I was That was going to be one of my games that is one of my most anticipated ones of the year. Um, so excited that that is going to be a thing that we're going to see very, very soon as well. So hyped about that. One of the... And, and the last piece of news for, for this week is uh, Stadia ha- is still kind of, you know, pushing along, but they are doing that without the talents of jade raymond who was one of the folks who was going to be bringing in first party titles to stadia uh that is no longer the case because she has moved on uh last week she she left the company uh to to go and do her own thing and then we find out in the next well probably since yesterday i think or 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 tuesday oh sorry what's today wednesday tuesday of this week um, that she is going to start up a new studio called Haven Studios. And it looks like the first IP that they're going to be making is going to be for PlayStation, which is going to be really interesting to see what she does after, you know, not having a necessarily great landing pad there uh, over at Stadia. It feels like there was a lot of, you know, potential there that wind up not actually coming to fruition. Um, Jade Raymond is a is a you know a legend in the space, and now seeing that she's going to be heading up her own studio again is going to be awesome. It's going to be cool to see what that means in a real big way for what you know her 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 stuff is going to be, and then also what you know that new game is going to wind up being whenever that winds up being something in the space. Um, yeah, so again. News is pretty light this week. I've been still playing a bunch of Loop Hero and, and Mortal Kombat. Um, digging into more stuff in Game Pass because Game Pass stuff is great. But also, a couple of things have come into the family of Bracago. Uh, the first one being, and shout out to the folks. This is not a sponsored thing. But shout out to the folks over at Colorware. 
Um, I wind up finally getting my controllers in. I have a, I have two of these. One is a blue on red and the other one is a red on blue version of these where they basically did it in our show colors. Uh, I picked those cause these are gorgeous. These are lovely and, and beautiful. Um, I'll try to get a better camera shot on this, but yeah, these are amazing and gorgeous. Uh, so that's the new babies in the Bricago family. And the other thing that I'm going to be doing a video on in a little bit is the new Xbox wireless controller that just came in. Shout out to our friendly over at Xbox for sending this over. Uh, so I'm going to try these out tonight uh, and, and report back on what my findings were next week. So you'll see a video uh, a little bit of an unboxing maybe, and maybe something else, uh, in this space. I'll probably do a little mini review of this going up on the spawn me channels very, very soon. So, um, again, shout out to our family over at Xbox for sending that over, uh, and getting a chance to check that stuff out, which is fantastic. I also, let me see if I can find it. Um, because I almost messed it up and didn't put it into the show. Um, I'm going to be doing a very cool project actually, um, that I'm going to hopefully see if I can find a copy of the thingy is let me see if I can find it. Let's see if I can do this super quick is so let me see. Let me do this and then do this and then do that. So, um, you know, for the folks listening in podcast land, I'm doing like four different things at the same time. So it sounds like I'm, I'm dragging on, but I'm going to be on a new show. Um, so the folks over at cloud nine and I are going to be partnering on a new show or a new season of their show presence of mind. Um, I'm going to be co-hosting that show, which is connected to our friends over at Kaiser Permanente with internet sensations, Greg Miller and Alana Pierce. So I'll be hosting a new show every two weeks around mental health in the space. So I'll be hosting with, with them, uh, Greg and Alana, we're going to be doing some cool work together, uh, for the next upcoming months. We have a fantastic guest in Annie Dro, who we'll be talking to, uh, this week, tomorrow. Uh, if you're watching this on the Twitch, which on the Twitch broadcast, uh, is when that will go up. Uh, we'll be doing a live show then. Uh, and then, you know, it'll be up. Uh, very, very soon for everybody else to kind of check out after that. But yeah, I'm going to be hosting a new show with Alana Pierce, Greg Miller, uh, for cloud nine and Kaiser Permanente all around, all around mental health. Uh, and I'm really excited for it. It's going to be super, super cool. Um, uh, it is, it is one of those things of, you know, the next step of things that I want to do in this space is doing more hosting like these and doing a show with two of the biggest names in the industry uh, is pretty damn fantastic. I have to say, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. We'll see how everything works tomorrow when we do our first live show. Um, but yeah, please, you know, represent, go look at it, go watch it, jump in the chat when we wind up doing it. Uh, you'll see me posting about it. Um, 
you know every thursday that we do a live show check us out on on instagram at spawn me podcast um and you'll see more posts there before we go live about me talking about some of that stuff and yeah i'm really excited for it you know i'm i'm hyped to be able to do a new project you know spawn me is fantastic and i love doing it but i also love being able to do other cool side gigs and, and stuff like that too that that helped to you know, broaden out the conversation in the gaming landscape in a, in a good way. So, uh, yeah, check that thing out. And, and even more stuff is coming down the line, too. I can't talk about yet. But, yeah, your boy's doing cool stuff. And uh, this is all because of all of you in Bracago hoping to get us into bigger and bigger spaces. So this is going to be very, very cool uh, coming up as in terms of that project. So, um, again, massive love to our friends over at PUBG for sponsoring the show. Again, 100 Rhythms uh, is the thing that you can definitely go check out. We'll have links both in the audio show notes and in the YouTube show notes uh, description um, for these videos. It's going to be a lot of fun checking out that game. I'm probably going to jump on that a little bit later on tonight to go check it out some some more and, and get some games in. But that's it for this week. We have... Um, a lot of cool stuff coming up. We have some more guests coming up soon. We're probably going to have, if I'm not mistaken, from Not Your Mama's Gamer, we'll have Safista on the show, who is, when you think about video game podcasts and diversity and inclusion and conversations around that, she is the pioneer in that space. Her show predates our show, um, and we're like the second show to do it. Um so we're going to try to see if we can get her on very, very soon. I think she'll be on next week. We're talking to other folks as well about having, you know, other guests on. And then we have a big April and May coming. So a lot, lot of cool stuff happening um, in that space for sure. Everybody in Twitch land, massive amounts of love to you. Everybody here in podcast land and in Twitch land, massive love to you as always. I'm going to pack it on up for this week. And uh, if there are cool things you want me to check out or test or, you know, um, to share or check out, hit us up on on uh, on the Internet at Kajakins is where you can find the work that I do over on Twitter. Um, and maybe The Rock will, will tweet at me again because uh, that was pretty cool a couple weeks ago. It was getting a chance to tweet to The Rock and him having a response, which was awesome. Um, so we'll get up out of here. Much love to you all. We'll see you all next week and peace.